वेलकम टू सन टॉक सन टॉक इज अराउंड द टेबल टूडे डिस्कस द अल्टीमेट अल्टीमेट कॉजेज विल थिंक अबाउट कॉजेज कॉजेज ऑफ कॉजेज एंड इफ दे एग्जिस्ट द अल्टीमेट कॉजेज Are causes necessary for the world to exist? Our causes different from triggers. Can there be singular causes in say a biological context? Are notions of creation and evolution incompatible? Are all causes probabilistic? How do common people innovate for uncommon problems? can the reasons be systemic can they be top down or downward causes is it possible to say in a specific case what has caused cancer is nothingness the ultimate cause and can we exploit chance in the distant future we are pleased and privileged to have three sin talkers with us here today Professor Anil K Gupta He has been teaching at IIM Ahmedabad for 40 years and is also the founder of Honeybee Network. He has long been interested in grassroots innovations. Professor T S Lukmani She is distinguished professor emeritus from Concordia University in Montreal, Canada. She is a Sanskritist and specializes in Advaita Vedanta, Sankhya and Yoga. and professor elisha shidra he is a biologist and works in the area of genetics and evolutionary biology both research and teaching he is from mysore and pune so rukmini why don't we set the ball rolling with you um do causes exist is, is how stupid a question is that um does every effect have a cause what is cause can we can we start in a somewhat metaphysical place and then we'll see Uh, we don't want to start with the assumption that they exist maybe they do maybe they don't what is your intuition on this i mean we're not looking to do a survey of all that has been said before where are you on this first of all thank you for inviting me to be participating oh, in so this so nice wonderful to have you. thank you for it's a wonderful topic well we live in a world we try to understand the world mm-hmm. we look outside and then we see so many things happening human brain there's a tendency to know what is it that causes a pot let's say to come out of mud or clay yeah why should a stone left in the sunlight become warm why can't it stay cold so there are certain things which happen because of certain other things existing side by side the philosophers gave the name of cause in the west in sanskrit we call it karana Uh-huh. karana which causes a karya an effect so a cause you could call it i mean is is it necessary to have a cause the human mind has a tendency to classify and to simplify things in to order correlate, to correlate to say that they exist together exactly. there's something simultaneous about it and so they feel since they always i mean is it universal is it uniform you can ask many questions but as far as we are concerned we do happen to see 
a particular phenomena, phenomenon occurring when some other phenomenon is present. So that tendency has been classified or, you know, understood in the brain as this being there, that will come into existence. And that is the philosophical way of looking at cause and effect. But one can still not be sure whether it's a feature of the mind or it's a feature of the world, whether there okay. genuinely is. I yeah. mean, if we didn't exist... How does um, the mind work? Itself? I mean, probably that stone would still turn warm. Well, you see, hypothetical questions can always be uh, posed for mm -hmm. any problem which you think is happening. Now, which hypothesis are you going to really give more weight to than the other hypothesis of something existing and so something else coming into being? It is entirely up to an individual or a philosopher to make sense of what happens. Yes, it can, because there have been, these questions have been discussed by all philosophers, both the East and the West, and uh, one can go on talking, because there, if you look at the uh, encyclopedia of philosophy, you will find pages and pages on cause itself. Yep. So it, it isn't necessary that we'll be able to exhaust all the understandings of what a cause and an effect are in just by, you know, talking about in two or three minutes. So yes, certainly there are many more questions which need to, whether it's a mind's activity which translates what we see in the outside world into the phenomenon called as cause and effect relationship, I'm not too sure because we don't even know how the mind works. Sure. So, so one accepts this because we see this phenomenon happening over and over again. Where are you on this, Shashi? Does does cause have any meaning to you at all? I mean, obviously there. I mean, yeah. she referred to phenomena. Now, obviously, maybe there's a way in which you could say That's that true. this is a yeah. biological phenomenon. Nothing is entirely biological, but well, I mean, it doesn't have to be specific to biological phenomena for today's discussion. Um, so, we all make uh, some kind of a mental model of the world, right? Through yeah. sensory organs, we perceive something, and then we make a model. It's true for organism too. Even a bacteria, for example, it senses the world with the help of some chemicals. Sure. Or even it's with the help of some sort of mechanical forces. Right? And the plants do sense the world, but they may not make a mental model because they don't have a kind of brain that we say we have the brain. And in our case, particularly in human, because of the language, not only that we make a mental model of the brain, we can actually exchange our models between people. Right? In science, what we are trying to do is to build a model of the world which is beyond human perception. Because this philosophical question will come into picture, right? Are we still talking about another mental model or most, let's say universal human mental model which is acceptable to all human beings or is there a world which sort of can be explained even beyond human perception itself? Yeah, there the technology helps. For example, uh, you know, the microbes, you know, exist. And but we cannot perceive in our day-to-day -day life because of certain technology. We could actually see the microbes. We can actually see what they do, how they do, and kind of stuff. I'll come back to the cause and effect relationship in a minute, sure. right? So in that context, uh, or same thing with telescope, we could see the outside world. That's fine. It's so farther, then you know. So Eventually, we can, what we perceive and what we sense is an ingredient. Yeah. Now in. So that way, what scientists are trying to explain the world is, can we explain the world which is beyond our own perception? So for example, as you are asking, can a stone become warmer even whether we see it or not, whether we want to know about it or not, 
Right? Yep. So that's the kind of explanation you want to give to the world. Right? That's the ultimate. I mean, I don't think we are anywhere closer to answer to all the questions related to the world beyond human perception. That's the ultimate goal of all the knowledge, scientific or non-scientific or whichever the way you look at it. Coming to, uh, as sort of, we'll, we'll discuss again the, you know, our, sure. my understanding of cause and effect relationship later, but I'll look at, I'll tell you in which perspective I may actually want to discuss this and many scientists want to do it. What the, the very reason why we want to even understand, find out whether there is a cause for something to happen is because... You want to make an intervention of sorts. Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. We What we see is a change. That's what makes us do. Of it's course. not that a tree exists. You want to know why, why tree exists. Yeah. Is there, what is the cause of a tree why to tree exist? Why tree exists is not a, more not than a that, causal question. The, more yeah. than that, the human quest for un, trying to find a cause what is not because of... change. Not explain the change. Yeah. We grow, we die. Plants grow, plants die. Yeah. Right? So the same individual, the same you know, materialistic thing that we see every day, right? It changes. Yeah. And this is where, you know, obviously you may want to explain a cause. For example, if you're seeing a sky all the time is exactly the same, you don't even think about whether there's a cause so and effect no relationship. Change, because there's, there's no, no cause question in a way. Yeah. So for example, the Newtonian deterministic uh, model of the world, he also talked about the cause in the way where you want to, wherever there's a change, you know, in inertia, in, there is a change, then, then you know, that momentum. So let's jump know. into slightly biological territory, Shashi. And, you know, maybe touch upon one specific thing and then we'll go to Anil. So let's say, if you say, what causes cancer or what causes cancer, what caused cancer in me? If one asks a very specific question as opposed to a statistical one or a epidemiological so, uh, one. But the scientist's way of looking way at of it is you that? look at the phenomena and then you go on asking, you know, uh, what is the immediate proximal cause and then we go on asking what caused that what caused that and back, so what back, do you mean by proximal then, okay for example let's say so cancer you mentioned cause. right immediate cancer what is basically cancer is an uncontrolled growth so first thing you want to see whether it's you know what kind of tumor it is whether it is growing you know continuously whether there's a vascularization has happened as it is the origin of the tumor in the same place where you're seeing it or somewhere else it has come from right you start asking these kind of questions starting with basically very proximal causal questions then you ask the question for example so when you say proximal you mean the immediate cause the immediate immediate trigger? immediate immediate cause sure. right of the, to explain that particular phenomenon sure. right it's almost like for example in a very philosophically you want to say for example you know you say you know oh, how come this person died you say you know because he stopped breathing and he died sure but it could be that the person actually met with an accident Sure. And he met with an accident because his own mistake in while driving or so someone else's mistake of driving. One could have a chain of causes. And chain of causes, back. right? So in the cancer, for example, you can ask the question, is the cells are, because every cell has a certain life, are this, you know, they are not dying and that's why they have become cancerous or is or because they're over proliferating. There can be two reasons. So you can ask, these are the questions backwards and finally it go to a molecular level. Typically, in, in medical biology, we so just stop in, at that so the point. the specific question of cancer, uh, because we want to be specific here, is there a way of answering that question? Yeah, yeah. You know, cancer is the easiest thing to explain these days. Mm -hmm. But the only thing is the ultimate, the so-called ultimate. At the individual level. Ultimate, at individual level and also ultimate level. Uh, individual level, for example, you can start with certain mutations, some change that happened and molecules and everything. And... Then you can explain the question, the probabilistic, say finally, at what level it happens is, whether it is a deterministic that this person, individual, you know, 
was destined to have cancer. But that basically there is no answer to that well, kind of causal question. Well, I have a question here question. then regarding cancer itself. Hmm. Because it's uh, mentioned that all of us have cancer cells. Is that right or wrong? It's true. Yeah. So why should it happen that only some people develop cancer as a disease, whereas others who have the same phenomenon within their system, they escape? And you just mentioned a word, destiny, for instance. Destined to be, yeah. Destined. Destined. So that yeah. means we, you have to then really believe in fate or destiny, you see? No, 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 now, not that take way. Us no, 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 I, I don't think he meant it in no, that no, way. No, I don't mean way. personally. Yeah. In a somewhat deterministic sense. Deterministic. No, but how do you de define de deterministic? Deterministic, again, for example, I am born with certain kinds certain of uh, deficiency, let's say. Oh, Genetic okay. deficiency or nutritional the deficiency. The moment you use the word determinist. Or am I exposed ah, to radiation? For example, let's say, let's say all smokers don't develop exactly. exactly. The, it increases the risk, not necessarily that you can deterministically say, because you are smoking, you're going to you get cancer after 20 okay. years. Right? So we'll get That's into this I mean. determinism probability angle in a little bit. Uh, what is this for you, Anil? And um, you know, I was you know, getting a little worried yeah. that if the direction of the argument is that causality makes connections possible. Connections. Connections possible. And connections make comprehension possible. Mm -hmm. Then what will happen to conjectures? What will happen to randomness? What will happen to spontaneity? What will happen to a phenomena that I observe and I can't attribute its occurrence to any single cause? So a lot Isn't of that the probability zone? No, probability is again, you are still attributing the degree of connectivity. That's sure. what probability is. But when you say that uh, there are a lot of problems in life and... For a long time, for example, we didn't know whether aspirin uh, reduced the headache. Did it make the brain not receive the signal of the pain? Did it uh, impede the flow of information? Between so you, the... we knew the effect, but we so didn't we knew, know the cause. Yeah, we didn't exactly. know the mechanism. So, and it was scientifically acceptable. We didn't know the mechanism. We didn't know the mechanism. And it was acceptable in science to have a connection without causality. Yeah. Therefore, if that is true, then what do we understand it in everyday life? So a farmer can do right thing for wrong reason. So we were walking and doing some research in Mahindra. So may have some may know that it works, but may not have the know-how. No, 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 no. He has a know-how, but he's attributing the wrong cause. Sure. So for example, in a chickpea crop, Chana, sure. he had grown coriander on the border in Mahindra district when I was doing research in early, late 70s, early 80s. And I said, why did you do that? Well, it helps us to keep the pest away. Mm -hmm. So I told this to a friend in a research center. He did some experiments and he said, actually speaking, coriander is a nectar-rich crop. It attracts the predator of the pest. <laughs> right. So the causality was wrong. Right. It was not keeping pest away. It was bringing the predators yeah. to kill the pest. And the predators in turn were keeping the pest away. No, they were not keeping the pest away. They were eating the pest. Yeah, exactly. They were coming closer <laughs> to the pest, actually. <laughs> yeah. So the question is, effect was that pests were controlled. Mm -hmm. Cause was wrong. Did it invalidate the... No, no, explanation was wrong. Yes. No, no, his explanation no, no, was wrong. See, no, no, no. See, cause and effect relationship when you talk about, for example, as a farmer, see, is the very concept of cause, if it is not there in the brain, they wouldn't do this. Right? 
Then you, can you do things person, for playfulness. No, no, the person believed that chana, for example, would keep away the pest. The, no, the whether the, the sorry dania right though it whether it is through directly you know repelling the pest or attracting the predators of the pest you know that's sort of immaterial in from the from the farmer's point of view and also he doesn't need to know that kind of a level of causality exactly but he did believe that one kind of a cause he believed so he that believed it in some reach, causality yes, it will lead to See, a, that there effect are, there are three things that bother me one is that my causality may be wrong my connection may be right number mm-hmm. one number two because my causality is not known my respect for randomness goes up because respect for randomness goes up i have greater tolerance for equanimity and because i have greater tolerance for equanimity i can take ups and downs very easily so philosophically speaking as gita says you can enjoy excitement you can enjoy depression but you cannot allow for desperation so a lot of people who try to solve problems are often very obstinate they are obstinate not because they know how to solve the problem but they are obstinate because they want to solve the problem no ma- no matter how so they don't insist on finding a particular reason Why so, Anil, are you are you referring causality to opposite to uh, randomness? Randomness? No, no. I'm I mean, just, are you saying that causality Anil, means clearly, deterministic? Clear, clearly, in this, sorry, Shashi. Clearly, in this instance, if the farmer, let's say, knew the right cause, it's 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 better, isn't it? Sure. I mean, he happened to know the connection with great certainty, but the cause was wrong or not fully known, and he couldn't care less about it. It worked. But in the scenario where he knew about it, it's better, isn't it? So, see, it's like isn't this. Isn't it as no, straightforward as that? I can give thousands of examples where when the you connections are, are known, when connections are known, or you are able to build a connection. Sure. So, if you are able to build so a connection, the technology is known, but the science isn't in a way. The, you, you know what? Yeah. The technology preceded the science. Sure. We sure. knew how to build houses, and the science of architecture came later. Sure. We knew how to build a wheel, True. and the science of motion came later. True. Sure. We knew how to build a fire, but we knew the exactly. the combustion science efficiency sure. and all of that. Sure. 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 All of that so later. historically, That's the fine. technology preceded science. Sure. That's yeah. a fact of the matter. Yeah. But the curiosity is when it the curiosity is triggered by finding mm. out the reason why it happens versus curiosity which is triggered. Can I ensure that it happens? They're two different things. Which is where we get to the intervention point. So therefore, if you want certain things to happen repeatedly, that's what scientific phenomena is. It is replicable. It is testable. It is refutable, and it produces same result in anybody's hand. If you do this, that will happen. Also, But does co- it give co- you some general knowledge? I think in that case, maybe coriander worked on chickpeas, but it didn't tell you anything general about knowledge. it worked in that specific instance there was nothing gestalt about it nothing nothing bigger nothing that you could derive straight from it no nothing theoretical you came know, out of it you know it's very interesting that you say that which is again not to be little that in any way but in in some ways imperfect or chancy knowledge no? no i'm just saying that human mind and human life can progress even without even knowing without knowing, knowing the right causes even without knowing the causes of a phenomena every time sure and it has actually made a lot of progress a lot be, of progress that could always made. be the case lot They've, of lot, lot of so progress uh, i know i'll tell you what. i'm not no, denying no. the need for finding causes please don't get me wrong sure, sure, i'm sure. just saying that the, to suggest that the causality is a necessary condition for comprehension of the world 
I mean, what does no, I cause think... music? For example, what causes music? No, that's now, fine. Why, no, why, I... why music is caused? No, I, I, we, we're not on that, Anil. I don't no, think anybody... I just think from the utilitarian point all, of view. Yeah. I mean, you're looking for... Say, for let's say, from a biologist perspective, let's say, let grasshoppers, um, they keep grazing in different places and suddenly once in a while they jump. Right, and there are a lot of experiments have done the very different ones, and which how they jump, what speed, and which direction they go. It's apparently there's a lot of randomness. So they've also worked out that there is an evolutionary advantage having a randomness in their jump is simply because the chances they go to a, a another place where there is a more food available, more resources available, right, right? Uh, and it's high, is simply because they jump. Right, rather than keep walking in the same one, and say they may fall into one, the probability is high. So that's how to do it. And they kept, you know, millions of years. There still they maintain certain randomness in this. It's not that they are looking for a cause and effect relation. They see something visible. Maybe that's food. I'll go towards that one. Right. They're not even doing that part. Right. So the, and so, so here, the so it's not about causality. Behavior. What we are talking about is what caused them to jump and how they evolved to have this kind of randomness. That itself can be an interesting in question. In fact, in fact, there's a very interesting parable. There's a tribe there's a causality which knows to randomness at what too. time animals come to drink water in a pond. Alright. It has to survive by hunting. So easiest thing is to hunt when animals come for drinking water. The problem is that animals will learn. And if animals learn, they will not come there at that time. They will go farther. If they go to another pond, then your task of hunting animals becomes bigger, more challenging. So what do you do? Now you have a certain knowledge. At this time, animals generally feel thirsty. They come to the water pond. So what do you do? You take a stone, tie to a sling, throw it randomly in whichever direction it goes, and that day you go for hunting in that direction. Now it may be just the opposite direction from where, where you may not find any animal. So what do you do? You develop a philosophy. As a philosophy says, finding good game someday is as proper as not finding sure. any game someday. Which equanimity. is equanimity You point. see the point? So. Now, the question is, you have randomized a decision rule in the wake of certain knowledge which is certain, which is definite. Human mind... It, it's, 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 no, it's a, it's a shortcut. Otherwise, think it's otherwise a, you will, the ecological balance will be lost. It's, no, a shortcut have a different way. it's a shortcut to just spend less time deciding every day. But anyway, I think you have no, a no, point. No, I have uh, a different way of looking yeah. at the whole thing. Nobody disputes randomness. But there's a first order argument and a second order argument. The first order is based on actually observation. Just as scientists observe subject-object relationship, and then come to certain conclusions, the philosopher also looks at the world, and that's the first-order observation, wherein they come to these conclusions. Now, certainly, and one of the arguments which all philosophers use is, you may have hundreds of cases where the sun warms the stone, but there could be another occasion when the sun does not warm the... The Hume sun. induction yes. problem. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But you may not be observing it. There's always a hypothetical situation where this can happen. Now, randomness actually is included in the table of philosophers' arguments, but we separate it as the first-order argument and second-order argument. No, but the problem is that connections and causality need not go Be, hand yes, in hand. Certainly, certainly. So when you say there is a cause of a phenomena, of course you are insisting that this leads to that. No, it but is well, not. Well, well, it, it, it is or it, not mandatory. The difference is causality should not be seen as the same as trigger. No, trigger is What very triggers different. a phenomena yes. need not necessarily cause it. Shashi, we'll go to you on this. How, how okay, it triggers so, different causes. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, is uh, it the same as proximal and ultimate causes, or it's something else? So, um, in in a quest for looking for a cause, right? And I think we may not have a, a clear understanding of the ultimate cause of phenomena, but that's basically uh, uh, doesn't mean that there may not be a trigger or a cause at the very beginning, right? Let's say take the cancer example. Now, if you ask the cancers, so let's say all cells which are dividing, they are susceptible to become cancerous. Sure. Right? And not necessarily the one which is completely differentiated. A muscle cell would not become a cancerous. A neuronal cell itself would not become a cancer because they have come terminally differentiated. It is unlikely that they get reversed into uh, dividing cells. Right? Sure. So then why some cells become cancerous and some individuals develop cancer, what Rukmini was talking about, is because there are maybe certain mutations. Those mutations make these cells to proliferate much more than the normally they proliferate. And is there, also, is there so just, just picking that word mutation, is there a way to say that there is a cause for a mutation or it is by definition Random. probability so, event, a random event? It's a, a, it, event. There are two, the, the, okay, so the, the cause, the, again, how you explain it, right? Sure. So, when DNA is copied, when the cells are dividing, DNA has to be copied mm -hmm. and it's a chemical reaction, purely a chemical reaction. Sure. Right? And during that Pairs chemical of, reaction, there right. are some errors. And errors are, you know, part of the system, right? With an energy exchange that happens, there is an entropy builds, an error develops. And that error, it's it's bound to create very different variations or changes, right? And in, in this case, where the chance factor or the randomness or probabilistic factor is, you wouldn't be able to tell you, tell, tell which a cell, priori where, a priori, where this cell will develop happen. this particular mutation or this particular gene will have this mutation and that's how it becomes But is there an cancerous. element of... Uh, that's the element of randomness and chance. However, is there an element of adaptation during mutation? So if, if yeah, the environment true. has changed... It's true. So for example, a cell, for example, a bacterial cells which are continuously exposed to radiations, they may adapt a newer mechanism which increases the rate of mutation. Rate of mutation. Rate of mutation. Sure. And that may help in survival. So more the diversity a species would survive better. So the rate of mutation could be impacted, is always impacted by yeah. the environment. There are many, the many organisms and... which have rate of mutations is higher than the normal. Mm -hmm. And there are also, there are certain pockets of 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 the genome which have a what are called mutational hotspot. Mm -hmm. There's also an evolutionarily uh, evolved phenomena where certain types of genes actually are mutated much more frequently than other genes. And is that a gene so we, this is many times scientists thought that there is actually a bias towards those genes. There may be the mutation itself is not a random thing. Right. Right? It is still a random the mutational hotspot that they call is simply because of variety of different chemical structures that are built into it. There's error Need you know becomes more, but those reasons those are entirely things. intrinsic, or does it have to do with the environment or the context? Environment, context, always. Sure. You know, it's very interesting. If I shift the context of this question and ask myself a question that why, how do hotspots of innovation emerge? Mm -hmm. So why? Where do the let's exactly. say the equivalent of mutations? Yeah. yeah. So that where might do be. where would the disruption of what's going on take place in? take place, number one, thing. number two, where would the derivative innovations be much more? Yeah. So we have done studies on that. Yeah. So one of my PhD students, Rhea Sina, she looked at... Is there something general there? Uh, I'll, I'll come to that. So there, were, there was a device where motorcycle was used as a plow. You have to reduce the RPM of a motorcycle engine that is 3,500 to 1,200 to increase the torque and reduce the speed. 
<laughs> because you're using it as a plow. Right. There are 200 fabricators in Saurashtra who did, who developed various versions of this principle <laughs> and developed, when motorcycles were not available, they developed chassis version. But these are all traction devices, very adaptable to different agroclimatic conditions, different distances and all that. Interestingly enough, the regions which have stress, ecological, economic, sometimes cultural. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by cultural stress? Migration, pushing people out. Right. You create stress. You know, when the Dravidian movement took place in Tamil Nadu, the Brahmins were thrown out, you know. They had to gun out. And that led to tremendous entrepreneurship among them to look for new avenues for their occupation. So that, it happened to lots of communities which had to migrate and therefore became the hotbed of entrepreneurship. So, I mean, they became very adventurous. They became explorers because they had nothing more to lose anything. They had lost everything practically. So they started taking more risk. When you start taking more risk... There's some kind of desperation you, and necessity. You start yeah. discovering new solutions. Mm -hmm. And instead, after some time, you start enjoying them. In the sense that you can't live. It's like an addiction. You get addicted to finding new ways of solving problems. So that becomes your human nature. That becomes culture. So culture gets shaped by your action and culture shapes your action. Look at the second dimension where something very strange and unfortunate happened. Women are said to be very resilient. They are very resilient. They can cope, at least in Indian society and many other societies, they can cope with tremendous variability in the inputs, that means food, security, whole range of things. Oh, by the way, I just want to add one point about this. You know, the evolution has been shown to many organisms. It's because they are uh, the required, the, 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 the need uh, to invest for the next generation is much more from the females than males. And females generally are physiologically always, um, you know, more resistant to variety of, you know, environmental changes. More than that, more than that. Now I'm getting to the issue of inventions and innovations. And there are three questions that I want to address. One, why have, why is the rate of technological change slower in the thing that women do? Number two, do women invent differently the quality of solution that they produce? And third, is their heightened sense of resilience and coping with the fluctuations in the environment and the support system makes them less make them, make them rather, make them cope with the problem rather than transcend it. Yeah. So I looked at this question at two different levels. One is neurological and second is phenomenological. So I, I was doing this research and I, when I wrote this book on grassroots innovation and one of the, the editors said, Professor, you need to, you are asserting this argument. I need evidence. So I started looking for evidence. And there's a lady from IIT Delhi. She is now in Pennsylvania University. She did some research. I'll get her name in a minute. So she did research on the way the brain was wired. And she said, the men have much more connections between the frontal part and the back part. The women have much more toward the left and the right. And that was very interesting because if you look at some of the uh, great poets and Kabir, Rahim, you know, a lot of who are very economical in their uh, articulation of ideas, very two lines, they put the wisdom in just few lines. They were all thinking while doing things. So as a weaver, you are weaving cloth and you're thinking. Women never kept their hands idle. Till recently, they were breaking nuts, stones, weaving, knitting, sewing. 
So their acts, their time of reflection was also their time of action. For us, they were different. We were resting at some time, working at other time. So therefore, there is a very interesting point that more resilient, the more versatile you are, the more connections you can build in your brain, and you know that neural neural connections are far more in the women's brain than the men's brain. We, we, we can compartmentalize our uh, phenomena, but not the women. That meant that you become much more responsible. You know, so I'm the sorry, more responsibility there... you have, yeah. you more responsible you feel, less reductionist you are, and therefore you can explain a lot of things as they are, the inertia gets internalized. There's That's a very, fine. Just la- let me conclude. There's a very interesting book, Mothers and Daughters of Invention. One of the least appreciated book because uh, it challenges a particular assumption. 200 years data of US Patent and Trademark Office was analyzed by Autumn Stanley, spending 13 years in doing this work. And she found that the share of the women in US PTO, US Patent and Trademark Office, till 80s was just about 2%. And till 80s, late 80s, 8%. And then she gives examples of where women out of deference or other reason gave credit to somebody else. Sure. Now the question is, disruption. Women were capable of making COBOL language. They were able, able to make jacquard loom and a lot of very complex solutions. But the society didn't give them enough opportunity and recognition and tools to solve problems. India does not allow women to be blacksmith or carpenter. Two roles were denied to women. That means if they had a problem, they couldn't shape a solution because they were not having their carpentry and the blacksmithy sure. tools. I, I, I think this point is made. So, this so, point is made so the question is yeah. now, the question is that if possibilities of disruption arise, and I you mentioned about environment and you asked that question whether environment makes the mutations not occur. I'm saying that there is a possibility that somehow the institutions, technology and culture, all the three constitute the gestalt. Technology is like word, institutions are like grammar, culture is like thesaurus. We need all the three for triggering mutations of ideas or innovations in some sense. What 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 is context, uh, Rukmini? What what would the classicists say when? You see, this is what I'm I'm still the context uh, in the environment where because uh, we have gone away from the fundamental question of, the, of cause. Yes, of cause. You see, because now we are applying it to the human system and gone off to the medicinal area. Yeah. I mean, these are all very different ways of looking at causes and effects. Yeah. But, you see, like, let us first of all look at it realistically, because a philosopher will first start with phenomena, as I keep on repeating. Yeah. And first order, you know, we, we are sure. very fond of this first order, second order arguments, you see. So I feel that this kind of, and particularly this generalization of women have this and men have that, quite a lot of these theories are being slowly they are being sort of, you know, demolished actually because there was a kind of uh, prejudice in which they looked at men and women in a patriarchal society that happens and it's all over the world. So I'm I'm not too keen to give too much of credence to this kind of, you know, women have only the left side of the brain functioning because all this, today what science says, tomorrow you do get opposite theories as well. So that's not our problem. Because let's I let's think, move on from this. Yes, yeah. let's move on because there are cause and effect. There are many more dimensions one can, like for instance, can the effect cause a, make a cause? Can it be called a cause? Yeah. Should causes be a priori? Yeah. I mean, there are so many other are questions. Are causes always back in time? Back in time, you see. 
Is it a necessity of a fundamental cause? Like uh, Aristotle said, the unmoved mover. Do mm -hmm. we need a first cause? There are so many other What's ways. What's the answer to that? Do we need a first cause? Exactly. We have to look. You see, we go back. If you go keep on, because well, so what we do, you want to <laughs> yes. comment on that. Okay. So, for instance, where do we stop? You see, mm -hmm. when you look at a something there, your human mind, again, as you very rightly said, we are curious. We want to know how that particular thing, why is there something instead of nothing? Yeah. So this something, okay, it is there, something is there. What caused it? Yeah. However much you may define it in very many different ways, there is something being there, as Buddhists would say. This being there, that comes into existence. Is there such a thing as an ultimate cause? I mean, how does one get to that? So you go backwards and backwards and backwards. If you do not accept, there are philosophically also they accept it because human mind does not want to think that we are left hanging in the air. There must have been. That's one way of looking at it. Okay? But again, is that just something that you reach because of reconciliation with a difficult position? It is. It is. Actually, I mean, if you want to, to have a nice sleep in the night and therefore you stop asking questions or as you start creating <laughs> questions of the kind that you're creating, it may satisfy philosophical query, it's but it does not solve the problem. It doesn't. It. And that's so not the aim. We're not looking to solve problems. No, 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 no. What I meant either. is that it doesn't yeah. Anil, take Anil, me to the ultimate cause. No, I, so uh, we can put it, you know, uh, yeah. actually, you know, the, some of the, the sure. kind of science that we all do. Yeah. actually connect philosophy to the kind of things what you're talking about. So there are two aspects to it. One is the the human uh, pure curiosity to yeah. find the real cause, yeah. you know, a quest rather, yeah. uh, to find a you know ultimate causality for everything. Sure. So let me just connect these two uh, in a very quick way. For example, you know, in the Upanishads, she mentioned Socrates and, and, and Aristotle. Uh, kind of thing, yeah. right? So you can say, was the world always like this? And all it was sort of created, or it sort of it had it something of origin. Is it is evolving origin. Is evolution a feature of because the, the human mind always has observed and seen changes. Mm -hmm. They were also attributing change to the in the the time in which they would also need you know had right. not seen it right. Yeah. So for example, I could always say if something is happening today. It must be happening yesterday also. The probability again, it may be there's a probability yesterday also. So you can actually extrapolate it to some extent, and then try to find out was there a, some kind of a cause for everything, right? For example, if the world exists today, is it always like this, or it has actually come out of something else? So in, in, and was there something before, right? And that's where the question comes: uh, is something is there, and where it came from, right? Well, if it came from something then it's just a transformation of something to another thing. Yeah. Or if it, there was no nothing and then something came out, then how can you get something out of something? Yeah. Right? This all very, becomes a very philosophical question. Now, when it comes to science, we, we look very stepwise using validation, scientific methods. You explain a phenomena, you see an effect, and then you go on looking, you know, uh, explaining the cause. And here is where we start with proximal causes and then go backwards in time and then try to explain the ultimate causes. The so, so what's the nature question. of ultimate causes? What, give us an example. So, we're not looking for... No, no, ultimate. For transcendental no, no, ultimate. No, 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 I'm talking about, let's say. In your context. No, no, in the, our context itself. Like, you know, the, the, the example is, for example, there are certain kinds, let's say honeybees, right? They go to certain kinds of flowers. So butterflies, they go to only certain I'm kinds of sure, flowers. Why do they go to, to hear honeybees? Yes. So why do they go to those flowers? Why not to any other type of flowers? Yeah. Right? You can start asking. And how do questions. they communicate the to other honeybees? Very proximal answer is honeybees like that particular patterns of 
you know the uh, the color pattern or the shape of the flowers or sure. the petals of the uh, the flowers or you can say there are certain kinds of chemicals which is you know that smell may be attractive to honeybees so that's why they are going to that one that becomes a proximal effect. again there's a then the second of... one is right why do they go why are they getting attracted to why that? do they like that right why is that brain system has actually sure. evolved to get attracted to that chemical and sure. what is the plant why do plants have that kind of a colored flowers why do they secrete that kind of a chemicals then you start asking more ultimate questions that's causality. fine i think one gets the method this is about but, the so in, let's say in a honeybee kind of example or you could pick any other so for example with... in honeybee case itself again the why plants want to attract honeybees because they want their pollens to go beyond sure. the place where they are right so again so the arguments are eventually evolutionary it becomes an evolutionary so evolution always tries to answer ultimate causality Mm-hmm. not the proximal one right a doctor a, a, someone who wants to give a solution to the societal problem right a farmer or any individual or a doctor sure. may want to look at more proximal causality because that the may be based on the belief system it may not be an ultimate question yeah. but now you may ask the question that what anil asked why do we want to know this yeah. the reason it also helps in a materialistic tangible benefit world is you can actually improvise it so technology said preceded science or you know our quest for causality let's say but with quest for causality when it combined with technology technology can be further improvised yeah right because once you know the real cause of something what you know the or relation between cause and effect then you can actually improvise on it and once you know the core insight it may be applicable elsewhere yeah. i mean look at the indian you know the development for example you know you know, let's say you build a dam you will have a huge amount of water reservoir and then you can irrigate you can grow more right but if you had not thought of all the effect this building a reservoir will have on wildlife and what may it may impede on the the ecosystem services back to the agriculture how it may have a negative impact right then you would not have done the way we have you know earlier you know developmental work that we did in the context of agriculture i mean there are many many aspects sure. many contexts agriculture is one of the context so if you if you have a better understanding of causality you actually do better i wish Even in the was, ecological no, sense no, I, I for example you, you gave many if, many grassroots uh, innovation honest, ecological if i was honest in taking all the data into account scientists knew that just as polygenic inheritance takes place many genes contribute to one phenomena yeah there is a similar cause in terms of pest attack let us say in crop sure so if you have several imbalances in nutritional imbalances the Disease? biological diversity yes. may be coming down the alternative host may be removed you have removed fences from the field so there are several factors which contribute to build up of the pest population but all phenomena are eventually multicausal exactly Because so now you're coming closer to what i'm saying yeah, that if just... there are if most sure, sure, things sure. are multicausal then how, you are you not forcing to look for ultimate cause by being reductionist that's my worry no you understand well, my point well, sure 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 i think one is looking for a certain kind of truth on um, multi causes that is where philosopher comes so, in if a system sure. biology view <laughs> in a system biology view she will agree that instead of looking for just a cause we look at just also so you she, know? do you feel comfortable with that assertion that all phenomena are multi causal do you feel comfortable I, with yes, that yes i'm quite comfortable and it actually does, doesn't deter me to look for ultimate causality your ultimate causality 
can also be multifactorial. Correct. नेक्टर the 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 mechanics of the 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 anthers uh, sorry the you know the the filaments right Pollen. right they basically such a way that when the mechanically when the honeybee sits right or the pollinator sits this basically bends and taps at the back of the honeybee when it taps lots of pollen grains get <laughs> dropped on it right so mechanism when it goes to the developed. next flower yeah the first thing that touch is the style that the female part of the flower and it right? falls there. and then it takes the pollens of already coming from another flower right now this whole thing has evolved in a particular way which facilitates this these process. are mechanisms these are not causes no no this is the mechanism obviously yeah. now this mechanism we are explaining to how, how yes, it is happening how it is happening better. not why how sure this is a how question these are how questions now the why question the why question is why is that why flowers have this yeah. kind of a shape and you know uh, mechanism why is that why honeybees has this kind of a shape in the mechanism yeah. then you go on asking the why question which is much more evolutionary ecological and multifactorial and fine but if you go again backward for example when it first evolved this kind of phenomena what was the situation that what why that condition was prevailing are there right? are there is there a limited set of ultimate causes in your context so in my context as obviously we, as we keep driving so back evolution. millions so of origin years. of life the first cellular form of life uh, on uh, this earth uh, as of today what we know is 3.8 billion years ago sure and from that point onwards life is evolving and that what we see the whole diversity of life started from the you know whatever the cellular form of life and we are not saying that there was only one cellular form of life and that one single entity is the one which has given to this entire thing right so there's a group of cells again the way they have evolved no, but where did as cells a multifactorial but again the, we don't know yet but the that's where we still had to go back exactly. in shashi the ultimate cause question is not the same as the origin of life question though no it's not so you know there's so a, there's no, a no, but i want to take up the question which please. shashi raised because again philosophically you raised one very important question was the world always as it is so now what is the assumption and what is the advantage in thinking in that manner then you don't have to explain the cause of the world see the moment you say it's a natural phenomenon and the world continues as it is maybe evolution that's the purva mimamsa kind of view that's, i was coming to that the purva steady state theory yeah yes steady theory so you have in, we have six schools i'm familiar with i'm i'm talking about philosophy indian but, philosophy but does this mean no change why the world is as it always was was now you can interpret that in any way you want how do you, you see, interpret was, it how would i interpret changes are possible mm mm-hmm. You see, I mean, if it was, so what how is, do you know what was in the earlier yeah. manifested state? So it could develop. There is a potential. What is not permitted, Rukmini? In this, in the Purva Vimansa, the what world is. What is not is, permitted is that there's no God even there. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no God because the moment you, as I said, you explain that the world has always been as it is. So there's no origin. There's no origin. There's so, no creation. Yes, and they believe in. Of course, they call it karma kanda. but we in the modern sense we would interpret it as they believe in action 
see, your own action will determine. Of course, there's a whole lot of baggage which comes with the Indian philosophy. You have to believe in karma, you have to believe in so many, you know, transmigrations. Your life is not just one. After death, you will come according to what you have done in the past. All that kind of thing is, and the Atman is permanent. You see, all these things are built into the... So, uh, in a way, uh, th that's what I was thinking. In the pure philosophy, if you look at it, there's a why question, and you yes. try to explain with the help of logic. Exactly. But again, the, when you're connecting to more proximal explanation yes. or more mechanistic then explanation, that's where it. the theology started. Exactly. You believe in reincarnation, believe in Atman, and yes. kind of thing, which actually contradicts the ultimate many of these contradicts the question itself yeah that's true. even in indian philosophy the some of the fantastic questions that have uh, been asked they actually they are being contradicted by when you are trying to explain the proximal mechanism of do you make a distinction between the spiritual realm and the material realm are we is some well, of this I'll confusion let me come to sankhya which uh, is this, anil is some was of this very... confusion because of that is this is some of this confusion because of that well this has like, always been a confusion even descartes when he said i think so i am so for example in the purva mimamsa view would would it be split into the spiritual and the material so when you say that the world I is as it always was i won't for the example of that kind of a division i would go to sankhya mm -hmm. because they have a clear cut distinction between material reality and spiritual reality. So can spiritual effects have Prakriti. material causes? Can material you effects see, have spiritual that's causes? That's a philosophical question because the question will be how can the mind influence the material aspect? So it, that is oh, where... it does. No, one moment. Because <laughs> what happens is that is why they had to bring in a God. You see, well, no, why did Nyaya... What's the answer? That, that's a, yes, seemingly no, a good question. What's the answer? I will put it this way because you see... Which precedes what? Hmm. In thought, it's not very easy to say. So, all these thought processes are in the horizon. People are arguing. The Buddhists were arguing with the um, Hindu philosophers, vice versa, Jains. Out of that churning came some thoughts. Karma was one of them. But you see, now, in order to connect karma, let's take Nyaya, Nyaya philosophy, which is uh, sure. Jaya's philosophy, Vian Jaya's. So, what happened? Karma is jada. It's, it's insentient. It cannot act on its own. So, you need an agent in order to connect this karma to the future life. Yeah. Because they believe in a future life. You see, it's not a one-time life. So, in order... So, here, it was a compulsion. They did not want to believe in an Ishwara. But the logic compelled them to accept an Ishwara so that they can connect this karma to a spiritual reality because material reality and spiritual reality cannot gel. And do most or all philosophies end up needing a God eventually? Because, I mean, this Advaita is some kind doesn't. of a... Advaita doesn't. But Advaita will also accept a Saguna Upasana because in a religious sense, in a religious sense... So, I mean, so before uh, you... Yeah. This one, uh, the, my way of looking at this, the whole discussion that I mean, the, the explanation you are trying to give is we all try to explain the world. Exactly. Right? And that's the whole purpose of philosophy. Yeah. And you explain the world based on what is the knowledge that you have. There are two kinds of knowledge. The, what, the knowledge that you actually perceive yourself with the help of the sensory, sensory input, yep. input to the brain. The and second the abstract, is use certain logic, some yeah. abstract thinking, and Deduction. also and, and, and discussions yes. that other people. For example, if I say, I'm seeing this, there's a tree, it's a green in color. And someone else say, yes, I'm also seeing it's green in color. 
right? So then we'll have some acceptance. Oh, there must be the reality. It becomes common knowledge. Right? If someone says, no, 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 I only see red flowers and then you are seeing white flowers and, and yeah, another person yeah. say blue color, then it's everybody is imagining something, right? So when we go on trying to give better and better explanations, yes. more and more acceptable explanation, and every time new knowledge comes, a newer effect that we see, new some change that we see, if the the current knowledge or current logic doesn't explain that one you try to change it exactly. right so what science is doing is actually the same, same thing, thing but yeah. with more observations yeah. and validations yeah. right so you can go on building a philosophical world of uh, and with a philosophical no, explanation fine, not necessarily what science does and what philosophy no no does i'm not talking about that one no no, no, no i'm not i'm yeah. not trying to contradict anything here what sure, i'm trying sure, no, to say fine. is in terms of causality just to bring it to the back to uh, the, uh, the topic, uh, topic you know, the ultimate ultimate causality is the in in the in in when you try to explain and then become uh, build a builder model and then say spiritual that's the reason i'm saying is one says because that becomes the end point of your quest right whereas the real ultimate you know, the quest and then finally going for ultimate causality is you need to finally explain and to this right and that spirituality you so don't have I, to explain to others I, the problem comes for you the ideal ultimate cause would be something, something material something I, I can explain to another person something material something not necessarily material it could be a, simply a mathematical formula Sure. What I'm saying is, <laughs> is something I can explain to another person. Yeah. Whereas in the spiritual so ultimate not thing, what you're talking about, it is individual. It's and individual. would you like not just explaining, also convince that person to accept that, right? You know, Otherwise, he's you, going to question uh, that Let again. me tell you a small experiment I did. Okay. I did a small research, twice I did it in 80s, and then recently, some three years ago, I asked people who follow me to tell me the games that they played at the child. Mm-hmm. And my reason was that when I looked at the games that were played 100, 200, 1000 years ago from the history that you judge, all the games or majority of them were games of randomization. Mm. Anil, for you, chance is so important. <laughs> Extremely important. Play. For the simple reason. Chance and play. Play. Playfulness. Because it was very clear that there was a formatting of mind that was taking place by the games that we were playing. Is there, is there an element of play in the evolutionary? No, no, I want it's to say. I'm told you. Mutation. Rate of mutation. Random. Chance, uh, yeah, you know, the, the it's always there. I'm, yes. not, I'm not denying. Are you, are you happy with play? No, because Leela. What is Leela? Leela is the word they use for. It is randomness because there is no planned. You know, when they, even Advaita talks about, this is a Leela. I want to explain in the terms of causality again is, for example, we may evolve a random method random, to solve yes, a problem yes. is simply because you have a belief that that causes rate of success to be higher sure. to solve the problem then actually using a logical deduction yeah. is simply because is you may there, not have enough is evidence. There, Anil, what is, is there logic? necessarily a trade-off between the two for you? Between this cause business and this play business? My point is very simple that uh, the causality in terms of... Uh, linking deprivation or societal disadvantage with inertia. So I would say a lot of people suffer, women suffer because men are not conscious enough and paying enough attention to the drudgery that they have in the thing that they suffer. Now, what is the cause? The cause is the men are indifferent. 
the cause of the world is ruled by them. The cause is because they don't allocate enough resources to solve those problems. Now, what is the cause? What is the ultimate cause? Why would humanity benefit by keeping women suppressed or by not solving their problem, by not reducing tragedy in their everyday life? So perhaps when you look, start asking these questions, you begin to understand, oh no, causality is defined in a context of institutions. Institutions are what the rules that we create to discuss. For example, there are rules of this discussion. Sure. And there's one rule that we have created that we must give more primacy to the philosophical explanation than on material explanation. Mm -hmm. Just for the sake of argument, I'm teasing you. Sure. Now, if you give, and I'm sensing the bias in your sure. uh, questions, you are sure. more inclined to find a philosophical explanation for ultimate cause than a material explanation. Because, now, you, because there is no such thing seemingly as a ultimate material ultimate cause because the society the way it was constructed the language sure. shapes the habit of thought sure now why, how did language evolve why did some word become more popular than others Anil, eventually there is coevolution in everything right there's, no 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 coevolution yes but the point is very interesting when i use the language which reduces my agency mm -hmm. despite giving me autonomy i remain suppressed my will to discover and explore gets subdued I become dominated, you become dominant. So please understand that when we talk about causality, yes, we must ask for the ultimate cause of what? Inertia. Cause of not having change enough in certain things, while at the same time having a lot of change in other things. So therefore, if we ask institutional questions along with the biological questions... But all systems have both of these tendencies. They correct. have tendencies to change as well as tendencies to conserve. Correct. That's but why conservatism The problem comes is in. that when change occurs, the change favors some communities, some segments, some interest groups in Absolutely. society, There's and no inertia makes some other groups suffer. There's no doubt. That's the problem. There's no doubt. So therefore, I'm saying that when we talk about causality... So then, why do, can we ask the causality for that? Yes. I mean, that's what uh, you know. Jared Diamond was asking the question: Why Europe became more prosperous and more so-called technologically I think developed the question is compared to you know Indian or uh, Papua New Guinea? You know. Do you believe people. in ultimate causes, Anil? I believe that ultimate conditions. No, I, I, ultimate I think context the, in which the multiple you, causes take place. Do you believe in A leading to B, B leading to B one, B two, B three, B one, B two, B three leading to C one, C two, C three, C four? Under certain assumptions, certain conditions. No, in the real world, this is not a. Of course, we're trying to abstract, create an abstraction out of it. But do you believe that there's some kind of a causal linkage? I don't believe that there's a driver. Th you don't believe that there's an ultimate driver. I don't believe that there's an ultimate. Even driver. I don't believe in this. Yeah. I don't sure. think nobody. Ultimate causality doesn't mean that there's. See, there's causality one, doesn't mean that there's a driver. That, that there's, no, there's one. So that's the, a theological let us, let us let us optimize our quest for a single explanation of causality. Then I think we will come closer. No, is there fine. a singular? So, is there? Is it a singular thing or a multiple? You see, you have to address that question. No, too. I think the other thing Maybe is whether can it's I all give systemic, you one example? Whether it's a network. You know, one uh, some simple non-non-human example. Well, of course, it's again human discovery. So obviously, there may be bias of our mind into it. Yeah. Right. So uh, if you explain this, uh, again, I'll use the same example that you gave. Uh, similar example that you gave on the dhania thing. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the plants produce nicotine, sure. right? Not for us to smoke yeah. because that's a repellent to insects. Sure. So that insects don't come and eat plants, right? Most of the tobacco plants, or that's a group of species, they are uh, they don't eat, I mean, the insects don't go to this one. That's why you always see lush green uh, you know, in those plants, leaves, right? But there are too few pests which actually can resist nicotine and then, you know, feed on those leaves. 
Now, there are very different mechanisms, molecular biochemical mechanism, by which they actually have become resistant to nicotine. Correct. Sure. One of it is just to throw the nicotine out and kind of stuff. Now, now it, what has happened is the, the plant is producing nicotine so that the pests don't come. But some of the, some pests have become resistant the... to this, overcome this. Now they can happily eat. Sure. Now, here, there is no driver here. In the process of randomized uh, some mutation has happened. Some mutations happened. That mutation may have resulted in plants making one more molecule. Yeah. That molecule doesn't cause anything to the pests. Yeah. But only thing is it hitchhikes on the nicotine. Yeah. Right? When the the nicotine comes out of the gut of the pests, right? That small molecule will also come out from the excreta of the pest. Yeah. And that molecule is the one which attracts the predators of right. these pests. Now, what plant is achieved, right, is to attract the predators to eat the pest so that it is going to be protected. Yeah. Now, here we are not talking about what is driving what. What we are actually seeing is what caused what. And it's always the, evolving. Exactly. It doesn't stop in there. The game so is it is a multifactorial too. It is a multifactorial, multiple system. Multiple causes. In ecological system, there are multiple causes for multiple things. How would you reach the ultimate cause then? You get the point? You are got it. You are trapping. We are trapping ourselves. That, that, no, if now it's an interesting a, point. If That's an interesting species, point. species one among the th millions of species on this earth, sure, and sure. we are part of an ecosystem, then obviously by changing the way nature is, we are conditioning the, we are favoring the conditions of resistance being developed in the bacteria, you know, the multi-drug resistant, all of this are creation of human creation. So, so, but nature has made it so possible. One way, uh, the take-home message could be, of course, we are maybe how halfway do we, how up, do we? We're not talking about the, uh, you know, the end of the dialogue. It's an interesting point though, because what you're trying to say is, if everything is multifactorial, there are multiple causes this, Ultimate cause means there should be a singularity. No, but Shashi, the point and is... And he's saying, you know, no, he's no, denying there, is, the there cannot be that, a singularity. The question that all the... The philosophers three, also no, actually all saying that there may be a condition of ultimate point where it is indeterministic. No, it cannot be explained. No, I think the question that all the three of you need to answer, if possible, is whether there's such a thing as weightage, whether there's such a thing as dis discrimination, whether there's such a thing as... Slightly higher impact and slightly lower impact for one phenomena. Exactly. You're all and, there. and obviously there, all is. there But you know, he, so, the, the point not, is... Not all no, no, just what? because things are multifactorial doesn't mean that they have equal... To weight. take it to the next level of our discussion, yes. all three of us, what we can add is, will there be a... No, ultimate causality is not an issue. Ultimate causality may still exist. Yes. As long as we can imagine backwards. Sure. I think uh, Anil's point is, is there a singular cause, finally, which explains the entire world? Which is that the world exists. No, I <laughs> want to, that's trivial yes. at some level. I would like to also, it's a different way of analyzing. Please. You, you look at yourself and you try to reduce, what is it that ultimately survives everything else? You know, we even talk like this or even exchange information, gather knowledge, because there's something known as consciousness. Now, would you, really, would you put this something known as consciousness. We can't define what it is, but we know it is. So the philosopher in you is saying... Yes, the philosopher in me that. tells me that there are some things. I mean, this particular thing is a singular phenomenon which humans enjoy and with which they are able to ask these questions, the how and the why or what. Everything is, comes, the driving, the driver's seat 
is consciousness. I think the question which I'm sure Anil is itching to ask, but is probably not asking, is that how is that non-trivial? Because in a way, that's like saying that the ultimate cause is that the world is there. You know, in a way, that's like saying that the ultimately there is such a thing as consciousness. But they do know that the world, even science admits, it's either expanding, it's going to explode one of these days. I mean, it's not as the world is going to be there for ever, even scientifically. So we can't really make that assumption. But we, with our limited way of looking at it, we look at, we try to analyze ourselves. What is it that is enables us to get this kind of a uh, exploration? What is that phenomenon? And that we identify it as consciousness. Why don't we end with this? What's the future? Because one way to dial back is to look forward and see whether you're able to in some way predict what might happen. And, you know, if you understand causes, you're able to sometimes intervene in interesting ways, maybe do something about some cancer drug, maybe come in the way of some disease, eating somebody up. And but that won't that answer sort. your fundamental question. It, it, it doesn't. Yes. But the question is... It does, it does in some sense that if I believe that there is a whole interconnected world in which yeah. phenomena occur... And I am not able to isolate a single One. trajectory yes. either of the, in the past or in the future. If I cannot identify a single trajectory for the world, as, for the ecosystem to exist as such, then I will mean... try to keep the ecosystem healthy and try to make it as robust as possible, as diverse as possible, as tolerant of errors as possible, as uh, generous if possible, if I use that phrase, to things that I don't understand. So questions I can't get answered to are as important as questions that I can so I need, get answers to. I By insisting words, that I should only deal with questions which I can answer, I'm reducing space for questions no, that I can't answer. Sure. Yeah, but that's one way of looking at it. But uh, there's no harm. Because the mind... Why is it that we ask questions? Because, I mean, because, not because we want to get answers, because we also want to do an assess, assessment of our ability to live with uncertainty. But when I believe you get that answers, we must maximize uncertainty. And what you are trying to say is minimize uncertainty. That's the fundamental confusion, I, or at least distinction, between what I, where I'm come, coming from. When I maximize uncertainty, I take a lot of risk. I take a lot of chances. Yeah. I, I explore a lot. But and therefore, see, I discover more. That could That's be my a way... Point. There could be one way. But if you minimize way. uncertainty, you look for the causes of all the explanation. Well, that can be other way around. Then you may too. not yes. explore them. So yeah. people, uh, there, there is this whole, uh, you know, uh, scientific explanation why, for example, even science started or philosophy started, the quest started. It's simply because you want to actually able to better predict tomorrow. Exactly. Right? Or your future. Because the f everything is, uh, if it's uncertain, right, you will lose the motivational factors. Right? Now, of course, you know, with better understanding, better causality, better understanding of the causality of the of the effect, right? Let's say if it is multifactorial, right? There are multiple causes, there are multiple conditions, there is a lot of randomness. If that itself is understood better, yes, then only you preserve ecology, pres diversity, the ecosystem and everything. And it right? gives if you a current kind understanding of satisfaction. Of, current understanding of biodiversity is far better than hundred years ago. Yeah. You know, so, irrespective of what tribal people are doing or you know, you know, it's grassroots innovation happening is yes. even today's understanding is so better. So, we actually can give a, a better explanation, a better solution for the. I the wish it was true. Right. So, so, no, no, what I'm trying to say is, I wish it was true. No, 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 that's some the, knowledge of ecology would have helped in conserving environment better than I would have agreed Anil, with you. Anil, Anil, My problem is the more we know, the more we manipulate and prefer things that we want. Our biases are inevitable. Anil, no, no, but, but Anil, not Anil, looking I'm not for an effect. For knowledge, yes. Not looking for a causality. I, I'm bringing a different philosophy. You will not be able to do anything. 
No, but you I may also look for proximal say, or ultimate doesn't matter, but you have to look for a causality. Otherwise, human being will will not have any motivation. Why is your child angry? Let's say, let's bring it down to the domestic level. As a mother, for instance, I mean, if my child is crying, I need to know the cause why that child is crying, and unless I really treat that particular cause, the child is not going to stop crying. You see, so at a basic level, cause is an extremely important phenomena. And the other thing I want to say assumption is, is that we always cry because there's a reason. Not necessarily. I cry because I want to have change. But, I want more oxygen no, no, in my. No, no, but that's I just using a different word. My, I, 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 I lungs. Anil, that's a good cause. Anil, Anil, this is no, no. One more is, thing. I do want to say this. This is a false dichotomy, but right. yeah, yeah. Please. You know, for there, we have left out a kind of satisfaction level completely in the discussion. You see, a cause arises there when you. Really find an explanation for that cause-effect relationship. There's a kind of psychological satisfaction in you. Why do we quest? This quest for knowledge is something. There's a thirst for it. And when, like a mathematician, for instance, I also did some mathematics in my undergraduate. So when you find so a when solution, you understand something. No, and it also not only understand. That's intellectually understanding. Mm -hmm. But there is a kind of satisfaction. I mean, when Archimedes shouted, "Eureka!" It's not just understanding. It's a kind of joy, a, a joy, a, an experience, a kind of, I would call it a spiritual experience, perhaps. Sure. Something out of the world, you see. So that element, we cannot forget. A philosopher, I mean, I don't want to, I'm sure I know a number of philosophers who get that kind of joy, you know, when they, they explain things in terms of a particular theory or something. So we can't deny the psychological satisfaction of the cause-effect relationship. So Understanding we, the cause-effect cause, relationship. Yes. <laughs> no, I would not disagree with that because if if I have to change or modify a system I, and modify it every time or the performance of the technology must work every time, you need to have, model you need to have a model which is there. I mean, that's right. So, so there has to be a model which will work the way one no, is I think that's a, that's, a, that's a good note to end this on. Thanks to all of you for making it and we look forward to having this with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. You Thank you so much. Wonderful. Thank you very much.